So, Don, what's your thing? Today, my thing is professional wrestling, not to be confused with wrestling. Uh, or some people like to just call it Razzlin with an R-A-Z-Z-L-I-N. Uh, I feel like that's a different thing. No, it's not <laughs> the same guy. You're getting razzled. <laughs> no, no, it's the same thing. This is a long, cold open. Yeah, that's yeah, so. It's kind of my thing. It's kind of my thing. to It's Kind of My Thing, the Obsession Confession Podcast. This is Justin, a.k.a. Mario, a.k.a. whatever the hell you want to call me. Uh, with me, as always, is Adam. And, What's up? And our guest tonight is Don Seski, a.k.a. my father. And we're going to talk about wrestling. A.k.a. I bet he's got another persona he might want to reveal. Well, there's been many personas <laughs> I've had uh, over the storied uh, career of my professional wrestling uh, in and out of the ring. There. <laughs> I um, think that that's the first question. Obviously, well, well, my first question is the, it's the easy one. How predictable is, well, do you, is there a time where you can remember early on, whatever it happened to be, where you're just like, professional wrestling, that's my shit. That's oh, the, oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, and, and I'm not uh, 100% correct when I say this. I can remember as far as I can remember back watching wrestling on TV. So very young. Very young. I'm the talking. very first formations of your, you know, of your long term. Yeah, memory. I mean, um, when I was growing up, you know, this was in the the early '60s. You know, there was four brothers in the house. My my grandparents lived downstairs. We lived upstairs, and I remember going downstairs. Saturday night wrestling was on Channel 11 in the Twin Cities, uh, independent net, network. And I think it was on from like 6 to 7.30. It was an hour and a half on a black and white TV from the um, Calhoun Beach Manor uh, in Minneapolis. And they had the beach in Calhoun <laughs> Beach Manor. And I, I, I used to think, you know... It, it, sounded like, it sounded like a, like a motel or hotel or something, but then that was the wrestling. It had all these classics, and, it, and my grandpa um, would watch, and, and we would watch, and it was just like, a, it's what we did. And, and when I went to grade school and that, all the other kids watched it, and, and uh, they were the, the stars of that day. Who the were eight, the stars AWA. back then? Who were the big ones? This was, was this AWA or... AWA. It was okay. based out of the Twin Cities, and I think that just is... cleared up the Twin Cities being St. Paul and Minneapolis. I feel it. Okay, yeah. I shouldn't have to say to that. To those who like don't know, to. Twin Cities, Minneapolis, St. Paul. The Twin Cities, not yeah. Yeah. not the Twin. There is Minneapolis, St. <laughs> Paul. I don't know about them, but there is always a distinction between the two. Mm-hmm. Um, but. There were territories in that day, and, I, and the AWA had, I think they went up to as like high as Winnipeg, down through the cities, down through Milwaukee, 
Chicago, Rockford, and, and such, and that was that territory. Well, I thought you saved Rockford for last. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> the distinction of Rockford. <laughs> I got my, my friends I made here in Wisconsin t- used to tell me, oh, yeah, they used to come to the Boylan County or Boylan High School or wherever in Beloit or in Rockford, and, and they would have these shows. And um, so that that's – we watched it all the time. I mean, it was just – just hooked I'm and just like the kids today are hooked on it they watch and they go oh, I don't know what it is but um, we yeah. kind of stepped on something Justin said aka Mario uh, who were your favorites oh, well back then um, I just liked it I mean back then you had guys that were like the crusher and you had Vern Gagne and you had Billy Robinson and you had um, Probably some lesser knowns, Mad Dog Vashon, his brother Butcher Vashon. You had, um, at that time, and, and as time went on, you had Bobby Heenan, you had um, Nick Bockwinkle, you had oh, yeah. Ray Stevens. These are all legends in the time. And um, and as we grew up, we had watched it, and it was kind of crazy because I remember had a black and white TV, and this was, I think, even before color. Nothing was broadcast in color, and, and if it was, you had to have a color TV. And I remember we went to, where I went to grade school, they had the wrestling, the wrestlers were there. And it was just like, I could see them in color. I saw what color their trunks are, <laughs> their boots and things. It was just wild. I thought for and, a second and, uh, you were just... It was like going to a house show. I thought for a second you were just going to... Because you said, this was before color. So there was just a... <laughs> no, their color was there not wasn't invented color. yet. It was like... Period. Everything was black <laughs> and white. It was... It wasn't until uh, after World War II that things started turning <laughs> a little more sepia tone. Everything. Yeah, and, yeah. And, but nothing was <laughs> color. Uh, anything, if you walked outside, it was black and white. Everything was black and white. There was no color anywhere. And then, uh, I don't know what happened. That's the why the pictures came, are black and white. Yeah. And... Since it since it was it says it photographed it in black and white it stays black and white yeah, yeah absolutely yeah that's yeah. just the way it was mm-hmm. it was you know in fact anytime any pictures you see natural image in yeah. black and white like old pictures that's was actually color but there was no color because it was black and white because the world was black and white that's, that's a mind fuck <laughs> which I feel like fact. we just talked in a bunch of circles yeah. there so funny. I one thing I did want to touch on while we're on the older days of wrestling is yeah. um. I always think it's super interesting how the territories worked. Like, oh, yeah. In, again, there, there was no written rule to it. Everyone just borrowed each other's guys. Mm-hmm. You know, when there was a big promotion, there would be cross-promotional, you know, mm-hmm. bouts. Or, you know, certain guys would be, you know, loaned out and tour in certain yeah. areas. And it was really such, you know, kind of we touched on it on the earlier podcast, kind of how the yo-yo community is. Mm-hmm. But it was a very organic, you know, just a lot of people that love the business loved you know working you know traveling and and just getting dirty and you know hitting the ring and the people that announced it the people that followed it like another thing too like especially back then you see some of this stuff in the 80s too like you'll see these old grandmas that like like this this was before the you know the fix was all out that okay it was real yeah like like like, oh yeah see people like people would legit like probably be fearful they're gonna get like beat with like socks full of potatoes you know when they left because you know they got so much heat oh absolutely i, I remember going to some of them shows back in the uh, this would have been probably the mid-70s um you know i was in high school then and, and you know me and my friends would get kind of drunked up we'd go downtown minneapolis we'd watch these you know it would be like the 
instead of a pay-per-view, it'd be like the, oh, you, this was the big show they kept pushing, you know, for th weeks and weeks, and then you go down and watch it live. At whatever the, the beach manor. Yeah. No, we, this would be, the bigger one would be. Brawl the, at beach manor. No, that would be the, um, the, you know. the TV taping would be there, but then the, okay. the, the big, you know, like your pay-per-view, quote-unquote. Where the title be, may or may not actually change. Yeah, it would yeah. be like in an auditorium, St. Paul Civic Center, Minneapolis Auditorium, some bigger arena where there'd be, you know, you know five, 10,000 people or whatever wanting to see what happened. And um, you'd see people that were just really into it. I mean, old people. Uh, you know, races of all races. You know, um, I thought you were gonna say just races. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> they were they were there too. I'm sure. <laughs> um, so anyway, um, and, and you could see the wrestlers getting heat big time, huge. Um, a lot of swear words and things like that. It was just no, you know, fuck you, fuck you, this and that. Um, and it was great. And, and the thing with the territories, and back then there was no internet or no, you didn't see any of this stuff. But you'd Nothing say, all of a sudden, so and so, it was a leave town match. Okay. You knew that, okay, is he really going to go? Oh, he's got to leave town. Well, we didn't know that he was just going to another territory. You know, <laughs> so then later on, you'd see a wrestling magazine like two, two years later and go, oh, that's where he went. You know, <laughs> he went to down to the Mid South wrestling or something. <laughs> Booked a few gigs over on the East Coast. Yeah, and so like. these guys were kind of like independent contractors in, in themselves. Yeah. I think it's interesting that it, it's kind of lost that the business of professional wrestling. I'm not super into it. I mean, I, I, I kind of come in and out of it, but I've, I've always kind of got a toe in it. But yeah. I think it's super interesting that in the old days it was a lot more, kind of more like a theater performance because... The way to see it was really like a live thing. The the, the real yeah. deal was because the television product was nowhere near the live show. No, never. It was way more interactive. Guys were playing characters, and they, you know, the idea, the, the kayfabe idea was they, they had to maintain that character out in public. It was, you know, it's well, pretty think, much. If you didn't see that, and, and there's guys who, were, well, I saw so and so. He was real nice. He, you know, and see the the heel was hanging out with the face. That would never happen. You couldn't. No. I'm sure. Yeah, you've never seen it. I mean, right. because well, you'd hear you you'll hear stories on the road from guys like that. That you know, everyone traveled together, and you know, it'd be like, oh yeah, Flair's hanging out with Dusty, and you know, someone saw it, and like then they would they get you know bitched out by you know whoever yeah. ran the promotion, and be like, yeah, yeah, you can't be fucking doing that, you know? Yeah. And yeah, that's just a total. He's like, you guys are supposed to be beating the shit out of each other in three hours. Yeah. You gotta. I think yeah. it's interesting that. Now we're we're beyond that. Like we everybody sees past it, and we all kind of tongue in cheek watch it yeah. and understand. But back in the day, it was like it was treated as if you know, keeping this the facade alive yeah. was very very important, and it was you know it's what made people invested as much as they were. And yeah, oh, absolutely, because you didn't have the internet and all this to, and all the background and rumors and this and that. You didn't know any of that. No one knew any of that because it, there was no opportunity to see that kind yeah, the of only stuff. shit you knew was what was going on in the ring absolutely and what was yeah. you know the promos and, and um and is so and even then i mean back with me and my friend joe talked about this where you looked at the 50s and early 60s matches you know, and it wouldn't be like five minutes you know I, I because of the attention span of young kids nowadays i mean you'd see 
a match where it starts out, it's like a movie, you know, it starts out slow and then it builds up, builds up, builds up to this big ending and then there's the finish. Someone That's, gets pinned. That was commonplace. I mean, look that, at, you had to have that. And, and now I see some of the, the wrestlers today doing that, uh, New Japan and stuff. And, people and, give shit to Triple H for having those kinds of matches, but that that's just because I think the, the attention span of the... It's just good old-fashioned wrestling, yeah, in my opinion. But I, I think it's just the, AEW, the expectation now, changes, yeah. yeah New I mean, Japan is definitely like that. Yeah, and that, and that just goes old school. Um, it's like, uh, you know, drinking fine wine compared to, you know, grape soda. Uh, WWE, it's just oh, yeah. it's so watered down, and, and it's nothing close to what wrestling started out as, and, and you know, looking at the art of it, if you will. Yeah, we kind of got weird. I mean, I don't want to. I'm trying to get back to. I don't know if you ever said who was your favorite when you were a kid. Were you a heel guy or a face guy? Um, uh, always a, a, a face guy. Always uh, a face guy. Yeah, never, never liked the heels at all. When you were a kid? Sort of, when I was a kid, yeah. Um, and then now, because I was suckered into it, it's just like the kids nowadays, you know, oh, we love this, this, this. You, you don't understand the face heel thing and, and, you know, who's putting on a better act or whatever. You just get sucked into the whole moment. Yes. Good guy, bad guy. Yeah. I, I always root for the good guy. I don't want to root for the bad guy. You're watching, you know, a movie. Here's the You're bad guy, movie. here's the yeah. good guy. No one roots for the bad guy. I want to see the good guy win. Yeah. And that's the same thing with wrestling. Though. The first duality you learn as a child—it's—it's it's the easiest Good one evil. to cling to. I mean, you can—I yeah. mean, you can go Cartoons. and look at—you can I mean, go and look at like uh, the one I always think about there, where um, when it was Hogan and uh, Savage when they were fighting over Miss Elizabeth. Oh yeah. Like you could—you could argue Hogan was the heel there. Yeah. You know, and you could be like, well, I sympathize with Savage, but he was playing the heel. The whole I would time. say that that's one of the as far as like big storylines that that might have been one of the first ones that kind of had shades of gray. Where it was mm-hmm. like, who's who's the good guy in this scene? And, and the the gray area is great. I mean, it, it makes it fun to watch. You can pick who you whoever you want to be rooting for. But back in those days, it was you know cut and dry. I mean, you, and you knew uh, when someone was going to turn. Sometimes you didn't, but you could almost see it happening. Well, um, and and when it did happen, it was this big shock because. You're so bought into the face that oh, when yeah. he turned heel, I'd be like, "Why would he ever do that?" Wow, yeah, like, or yeah. vice versa. You just shocked. It would be, I can't believe it. He's a, oh, this bad guy we hated for so long. He finally he's a good guy. He's seen the light. You know, <laughs> yeah. you know excited. And um, which well, I always think it's funny how, um, especially in today's wrestling, the baby face that's the good guy that everyone you know. American apple pie that yeah. everyone cheers for can't can't seem to find a friend in the world you know yeah these assholes are just banding up together and that's yeah see that today in yeah, AEW it's, so... it's like all all heels and, and no faces in that but and but that's in a good way because the the the, the heels they have are great yeah you know so you know that somehow or another some of these guys are going to have to turn face to some degree just the even the scales it just sometimes it just doesn't work for the person you know you look at a guy like yeah look at a guy like the miz like he he's so good as a heel people start cheering him and then they think oh well let's make him a good guy then and like yeah, then well, don't we work. don't want that you the know? whole yeah. thing falls apart it's like well, then he's, lost he's just it. unlikable as a human so make him a bad guy you know <laughs> that's that's the appeal there it is and 
don't mess with the appeal once once it's a good storyline and you leave it alone and milk it for all it's worth but what do you think of like um i guess since you've been a fan since like you said in the 60s watching on television and stuff like that do you think have we did we already reach sort of an apex in quality of the wrestling product as like a just as a product as an entertainment product or or is it as good now as it ever was or no it's better now in a lot of respects because of the moves um you know back in the older school guys were wrestlers and they grappled and they they put headlocks on and leg locks and it was more holds and sometimes you watch the old matches they can be kind of long and boring unless there was some kind of flamboyancy to a character um, nowadays, like I watched AEW last night and I was just flabbergasted by all the creative moves the young bucks were doing and some of the wrestling skills are just blowing me away. Great mic work, which was always important back in, in the early days. It's like someone who could speak on the microphone was, didn't matter how good they wrestled. If you were a good talker, you, you just, it was just, you can't wait to see this guy. I remember when Dusty Rhodes first came onto the scene, and um, he was an okay wrestler, not nothing you know spectacular, but he had the best. I never heard anyone talk on the mic as good as him. It just kicked my butt, and everyone else that watched it, you know, he was a heel, and and you hated him, but you just you had to watch him because he was so good talking on the Dusty mic. Dusty started as a heel. Yeah, well, yeah, he, and um, um, but but it was just great to watch him talk. He was just he was this jive dude, and, and he had all the lines and the lingo, <laughs> and he was just to me it was it started there. I mean, he was one of the first ones. Ric Flair, you know, when he first came out, he was kind of quiet and he was kind of a, a face. He was a good guy, and then he kind of left the the AWA and he you know reinvented himself down south and awesome yeah well, yes I mean so Dusty Rose got his start in the well I don't know where he actually started but he was very young uh, I remember like probably seventy seventy one maybe he was in the AWA and I was watching him and um, it just it's awesome. Yeah. I do think Go back on YouTube. You can watch some of this stuff, um, and and it's just it's really good. I do yeah. think it's super interesting because with wrestling being super territorial and stuff like that, it is. I think you've said it in the past. Like professional wrestling is a very uniquely American sort of thing. It's you. So if you go back to even the very like framework of wrestling, I mean, it used to be a traveling carny show. They'd have oh, you know, yeah, they put a poster yeah. say these two guys are going to fight. You know, bet on who's going to win, and then they just take whoever got the most money and fix it. And then, you know, they tra- then they travel around, go to the next you know town yeah. of suckers to do it. And like that was, that was like, I mean, I don't think it happened in the old west, but it was it was pretty close after that, where where shit you could still just swindle the shit out of people. Like late reconstruction. And, and even when you get into you know, to these territories, you know, there was that was back when you know the nation was divided, you know, in the fifties and sixties, you know. There was the Cold War. A lot of information was withheld, and people were a lot more willing to believe a lot of things, kind of where the kayfabe was able to thrive. Now you get into more of an age where, you know, there's so much information 
and every you know the, the the entertainment of wrestling now is actually what goes on backstage. It's a show about a show. Yeah, yeah. And so like point. it yeah. it does evolve sort of with sort of the the psyche of the American people, and you know it's one of those things too. Like I mean Japan Japanese wrestling is might be like at its core like performance wise better than any American wrestling. Oh, that's but, like, but that's but that's completely something they adapted from us saying you know wow this is this is the kind of shit that we're into. Like, if you watch Japanese wrestling, they have, like, guys, like, sitting and, like, taking stats and shit, like, on the side of the ring. It's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. No the, one's The bottom of the ring sit. is covered with photographers, like, it's this, like a boxing event that's real. And they they talk to the guys after the match, and they're right out of there, and, oh, and it's so well done, and the people take it so seriously. And, and your matches are not going to be five minutes. They're going to be... Sometimes an hour, sometimes forty minutes, and and, that, uh, yeah. and they work that up, up, up the drama higher and higher and higher and higher, and it's, it's, it, it, so at the very end, it's like a fever pitch that you know when someone finally wins, it's this big you know event almost, and then the guys are laid out and they got ice on their necks and everything, and the oh, medics yeah. come out and everything, post match promos. Mm-hmm. And all oh yeah, stuff. I mean it, yeah. it is done, but the wrestling skills. Um, second to none, you know, that's why the AEW is good, I think, because some of those wrestlers came out of that school. Some of that, the territorial sort of idealistic nature of the territories is kind of coming back now, and I think it's really good. I think it's why there's a little bit of a renaissance in pro wrestling right now, yeah, is because WWE, you know, once WCW, you know, packed up, the only other competition that you know people could really see is like Ring of Honor wasn't was hardly even on tv you could maybe see it at like 10 o'clock yeah. on a saturday night on like some local access tv but like impact maybe sometimes they had a few good runs here and there but it was wwe and they could do whatever they want and you know whether the product was shit or not yeah people... they're the only only one in town so like you let's say your town had a mcdonald's well yeah well we can put any kind of food out we want because people are they ain't got nowhere else to go and now there's a situation where all these small indies you know, that were in, like we used to go to, Justin, in like a... Um, the NAWF. Yeah, Jefferson, you know, small little yeah, gymnasiums with, with 25 people and making and building this up and building this up over time. They got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And they're almost like they've joined together in some ways. To, to beat the big guy. And they are trading people around here they and there, are, too. Yeah. The, um, what's the the is that NWA, that new one? The, um... Yeah, I mean, it's it's patterned right after old school 1980s. Yeah. And, and, and there's guys all around that come from, they're going to go one from the other from the other. And it's like, well, there's strength in numbers, maybe. Um, they all know that they have to compete with this big thing. And let's say, hey, why should we fight each other? Let's fight the big giant here. Mm-hmm. And... Bottom line, it's great to be a fan this time, you know, there's, in wrestling history, if you will, um, because there's all these different promotions to watch and all these different talents to watch, and you don't have to just watch the one and just hate it because it was so shitty, <laughs> and I just paid $50 for a pay-per-view, or I'm paying $10 a month for this garbage, and I can watch something else, 
and 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 be entertained. I it's mean, nice I, to have. I want to be entertained. I, I'm, you know, that's the thing. It, it, I want to get done and say. I don't care if it's the ones that we see in the Twin Cities now that are in a, a VFW hall, or if it's on TV at the big pay per view with, you know, twenty thousand people. I want to be entertained, and that's the bottom line on that. Because Stone Cold said so. Because <laughs> Don says so. <laughs> Um, it's nice to, I mean, it's good for everybody if they're, uh, if, if there's competition for your attention. Well, yeah. As far as an entertainment product goes. And then it makes the, the big guy have to do better. They can't rest on their laurels because, hey, these other people, we're losing numbers here. We're losing ratings, so to mm -hmm. speak. And that means money and that means advertisers and such. And, then it's good to watch them all. As for a fan, it's awesome because you get all these different options to watch wrestling. So there's a line too, like uh, and it's not for everyone. I mean, you're pretty, you're you're pretty um, wholehearted when it comes to you know wrestling, where you're you you see it for the for the product it is. Sometimes, especially you know, <clears throat> if I really get into a storyline or I'm pissed at WWE for something they did. I, I, I get way too sold into what the, the storyline is and how the outcome is rather than just, you know, realizing there's two guys out there working their asses off trying to entertain you and not taking it oh, for what it is. Which I, is. I get suckered into that too, and that's good. Two guys being the shit out, you know, two guys beating the shit out of themselves to make it look like they're beating yeah. the shit out of each other. Yeah, you know? and, and, and it, I've got, I get suckered into that same thing, and then you, that's when you, why you get mad at the end of a pay-per-view when, you you spent all these weeks and weeks watching this uh, drama unfold to the one pay per view, and then you watch it, and it's a squash match. It's like oh, Cena wins. So, it's like, you know, it's not his fault. You know, it's <laughs> like gosh, you know, who's writing this stuff? And I'll tell you, and it's terrible. It doesn't matter who writes it; it's who it's who gets to sign off on it. I can tell you who that is. Yeah. So it's, and then it's like God, I just feel like shit because I just got suckered into this. Six weeks of watching this drama unfold to this horrible, horrible finish, and it's like watching a movie. You watch a movie, it's like, oh, you're into it, and all of a sudden the ending is sucks. It's like, man, I, this movie sucked. You know, you, you it ruined everything for Sometimes, you. Sometimes that's like, life, though, too. You know, I feel like maybe, sometimes the bad guys win in real life. Yeah, I feel like maybe that is a problem with professional wrestling. It's not necessarily unique to professional wrestling, but that long form storytelling. Of, yeah, you know when they're telling a story, a feud between the champ and his heel yeah. for months and months and months and months, and it's it might be just a losing battle, no matter what, no matter what they do, no matter what sort of finish, no matter what sort of end they want to put yeah. to that, it might leave you going, well, shit, you know, the yeah. the 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 sum was not as as great as the or whatever yeah. the. Whatever I'm trying to say, the, the yeah, end really sure. wasn't as good as the whole of the building. Yeah, it, the journey a, was cooler than, than the, the destination. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. I, yeah, I was trying to think of some sort of fucking metaphor. No, no, I, I, like, I get where you're but saying. But that's the yeah. that's one of the benefits of you know a long term storytelling. They can you know they can go with one thing for three weeks, see if it works or not, and then keep it going. For example, um, you know whether whether you thought it was a good storyline or not, or whether you like Daniel Bryan, the whole WrestleMania thirty. You know, story the B plus player storyline story where yeah. that all came from CM Punk walking out and people being pissed about the leaked match, you know, proposal for Mania, 
And of course, they go through where they get you get the Cinderella story for the fans. But meanwhile, the writers in WWE could be like, "Well, that was our plan all along." Yeah. You know, like, because it's, because they were they were there watching it unfold as they go, and they're just pulling the strings here and there. What do you, you think know? of that, Don? That sort of because what he what yeah. what Justin just described is kind of like the what the fans want kind of informs what the writers do. It's kind of like this weird ebb and flow of. It's is it necessarily creatively generated or is it demanded by the fans? Like there's a, there's this weird no, give and take gray area. It used to be that way. I don't see it anymore because, um, at least with the WWE, because there are so many people that complain and you'd see it online. You know the storyline's horrible. It's horrible. It's horrible. And it's like, why are they doing it? it makes no sense. And this still goes on to this day, that. They're, it's almost like they're um, not giving the audience enough credit to be smart enough to figure this out that this is working, and and um, but doing it anyway because one guy pulls the strings so to speak, and not aware of what the audience wants. And a lot of times it's like the audience wants this so bad, and you can tell and you can look at the crowd and I feel it. And everyone feels that you read it online. And they just don't do it almost despite the audience because, like, well, they don't know any better. They're stupid. We're professionals. We write the stuff. We've been in wrestling for all these years. Where, and going back to the AEW, the whole premise was to give the fans what they want. This is what they want to see. And that product is, is nothing like. You know, the WWE writing for what they want to write and what they want to project. Whereas, if you, case in point, if you look at an AEW event every week, it's all wrestling geeks in the audience. Yeah, you but... Know, <coughs> not, uh, which tells me, like, everybody that wanted something different for so long is finally getting it. I would, I would ask you then... We're talking now, like you're. So you're saying a product like the AEW product that's more informed by, they listen to the consumer. Yeah. They they hear what the wrestling geeks had to say, so yeah. they, in a roundabout way, give it to them. Yeah. What did that happen back in the day? Did the you know did wrestling promotions? It's it's kind of like a, a giant improv um, exercise. They they did. Uh, back in the day, what did they listen bit. to the audience? Yeah. Not not. Not necessarily. I mean, in in some ways they did and didn't. It was kind of like a little of both. Sometimes the storylines you just you get pissed off um, over and over and over again. Some storylines were just what you wanted, and but there probably didn't. You liked it enough that even if the storyline was bad. There was still enough good, or it didn't last long enough to keep you interested, so, and not yeah. get mad and mad and mad and mad. I think the kayfabe was really, you know, a known thing anymore, so it didn't matter as much how much they, you know, I was disclosed, though. That probably, and then you said, I think you might have hit it because I was thinking about it while you're saying. It. You said it didn't last long enough. Maybe the, sh- the stories were just a lot shorter. They, they usually were, were. They didn't. The the, the feuds you know, didn't last forever. Um, and maybe you know it was. There was always something new to feud about. It wasn't maybe yeah, just the same guys were feuding. It was a new story. Yeah. We're fighting over a girl. We're fighting over yeah. when you know whatever. It didn't like seem this. to have the. I mean the big, you know the the territories. If you look at any of them, didn't have this huge roster of, of wrestlers like they do now. I mean, and somehow they make it work with what the guys that that they did have, and um, never seemed to get boring. 
which was a good thing. Yeah. And, and most of it, and, and a lot of it, you waited for the talking. Like uh, the old WCW was the same way. You had all your main stars, okay, heels, faces, whatever. And then you had a roster of just shit guys who were just... <laughs> Jobbers, jobbers, and they were on every week, and and your your main talent <clears throat> wrestled the jobber, and then got on the microphone, and that's what you kind of waited for. You knew that the jobber was going to lose, you know, and, and so you're not there so much for the wrestling as you are for the the mic work. I do kind of remember that a little bit, and and I think it was one of the reasons why the I think the TV product in the '90s when I was watching it you know, during the Monday Night Wars was better, you know, I would say objectively than when we were watched, you know, when I watched it recently, you know, number one, being a three-hour show long. is just way too long to commit to a night. Yeah. But um, I remember back, yeah, like when, when Monday Night Raw was on and it would be, you know, the, the Rock would wrestle, but he would wrestle like, you know, one of the guys from fucking Too Cool or something, <laughs> and then cut a promo about how he's going to face Triple H at Backlash. Yeah. It wouldn't be, you know, nowadays when I see these, it's like, it's like, oh, Sheamus and Cesaro are going to wrestle again. Well, we just saw him wrestle in the pay-per-view. They've wrestled, you know, a program, you know, probably seven, eight times in the last month. You know, how many times can they make the same match look different? Yeah, you know, so, it's so just, they, they, they're sick of they it. don't have the jobber effect like they Better to keep to. them apart, you know, have them brawl once in a while, like... Yeah. build the tension and then when the match finally shows up it's a big deal yeah if, if you see it every week on TV you know with a commercial in between they, they're not treating it like it's a big deal no and it's not and and one of the case in point on that was that, that I've read in the old days you you never saw the two combatants at the same time in the ring very seldom you know, you would see yeah, this you one to... and that one. They you, they didn't meet until they went into the pay-per-view. Or the or, contract signing the or, week before yeah, or, or something. Or something like that. Yeah. Or when you went actually went to for us to the auditorium to see the live match. Because then, oh, I can't wait till they see each other. You know, it's this is a build-up. And so when you have this build-up week after week, oh, they fight each other in the ring. We're going to fight you at the pay-per-view. Well, we just saw it like the last... Four weeks in a row. Yeah. Um, UFC took took a page right out of that book, and they've made that work, you know? Well, that's, I mean, the same thing with boxing and shit. Like oh, that. yeah. From, you know, yeah, those guys wouldn't actually Never wouldn't fight each other. Like, would, like even now. They spent three months promoting a fight, and the only thing these guys would do is go to a weigh-in and take a picture next to each other or something. That's, but it gives that big fight feel. And, and that, yeah. that yeah. is, MMA still does that. Boxing does, too, and that's that's a good thing. And you don't want to show your cards uh, too far ahead of the game, you know. You got to have that mystery, uh, whatever you want to call you gotta it. Tease it. You got to keep teasing it, and you can't. Yeah. You can't show too much. It's the, it's yeah. It's the art of uh, generating yeah. promotion. It's promotion. Yeah. And it's weird yeah. that wrestling companies kind of lost sight of that. Yeah, I remember speaking of jobbers. Um, this is probably nineteen eighty. <laughs> Might be eighty three. We're getting into jobber talk right now. Yeah, this jobber. is jobber talk. We went, <laughs> me and my brother and a couple other guys, went to the TV taping in in Minneapolis for the the AWA at that time, and they would tape like, it would be you go and it was like a TV station, 
and they had like this little auditorium thing. It was small, and um, it, you were there for like three hours. And, and I remember we went in there, and they it was I think it was free, or we had free tickets or something. And you'd see the wrestlers pull up and stuff, and they'd have their little bag with them and that while we're waiting to get in. And hey, you know, and, and so then you get there, and they'd say. If anyone's got to go to the bathroom, you got to go now because once we, unless we take a break, you can't get up, you know, you couldn't walk around with Wow, it. really? Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, there's times like, man, I got to go. These people have a break or with something. Were they selling beer too? No, they didn't have anything for sale there, but I think they only had like one bathroom. It wasn't like a, a thing where you go to like a, a, some kind of place where there's a men's and women's and it's just like one bathroom. There's a hole in the ground. Yeah. Yeah. You- Put your you shit know, and piss in. It's knock on the door or something in there. <laughs> <laughs> and you'd see, you could see the, the you know, the, the match. Then they'd go over and do the, right after the match, they always did the, you know, interview the, the head guy. Or the, um, you know, your big star. So the jobber would get in there and you know he's going to lose. And we're just, and, and we'd get his ass kicked and then it'd be like you see on TV where he'd, Oh, he just can barely get out of the ring. He just got his ass kicked back, holding his back, and it's just going in. And then, like two matches later, he'd be back up there again, and he'd be all like refreshed because it'd be like the next week. Okay, so then he'd be in there and like, why well, he couldn't even get in the ring like a half hour ago, and now he's just you know all yeah. He just needed some some yeah because you, you know, and that was one of the things that we noticed that it was like. Never thought of that before. The you know, they're the doing job, all this yeah. taping, and there's this, you know, Jake, the milkman Millman, who <laughs> the milkman. he just got his butt kicked. He can't even get out of the ring, and now two matches later, he's in there again doing another job. I miss the days when when you're great, great. you just had to pick up track up on it, yeah. a traditional vocation that yeah. someone would have, and then that's your that's who you are. Yeah, just not necessarily. Now here's another one. Gary the garbage man Mills or something. <laughs> the, you know, um, like... the the guy who was <coughs> always the referee on TV in in my day watching the AWA, uh, referee Marty Miller, he used to drive the school bus where I went to school. And, and <laughs> what? Yeah, you'd see. There's Marty Miller. He'd drive the school bus. Oh wow. Yeah. So and then you'd see him on TV. Uh, <coughs> You know, refereeing the matches. Refereeing the matches. You ever ask him about it? And no, because I didn't take the bus. Other kids oh. took the bus, and I'd see. There he is. He's, I live close enough to walk to school. Your dad but... wasn't some poor piece of shit who had to take a bus. Yeah, so it wasn't yeah. like a bike. here's a guy that it wasn't like his career. Like when I thought of it, you know, he, yeah, I'm a bus driver slash uh, referee or vice versa. So. That's cool. Well, harder, yeah. probably. I mean, you can certainly make a. A full-time career out of being a wrestler, being in that industry, but in my most of these guys are doing it. This is a labor of love, you know. You do it because you love it. Yeah. You know, you're. And, and, and the the thing with wrestling, you know, it's it's you, you love it, um, and, and want to see that. Not so much for, you know, I'm sure the money is being made, but as a fan, like I said, I don't care if it's uh, the biggest stage in the world or if it's at a VFW. I just love watching it and be entertained. Mm-hmm. And um, I think you hit it. I mean, I feel like the product generally these days with the 
talking about the jobber, and we were just we just came out of Jobber Corner. It's like we need more jobbers. Jobbers. Oh, you do. Yeah. Shout out to guys like Laparka. You know, absolutely. Those guys were playing chairs like guitars and <clears throat> you had them in, in now the like old WCW. You had oh, jobbers all the time. You had Disco Inferno. You had the Laparkas. You had. That kind of wrestler oh, there. Disco Inferno. Jesus. <laughs> he was just in the uh, Impact recently. Yeah. Sub-Zero. Where was that guy? Disco Inferno's looking good. He's in good shape. Or no, what was yeah, he's in good no, shape. He and he's funny as all get out. He's great on the mic. Um, the and he even like jobbed at, at Impact. He didn't win anything really. But he was there. Glacier was the sub I think for comic on. relief. <clears throat> and um, well, You need guys like that. But that's... Yeah. You know, you go in like... Uh, I think most guys going into wrestling, I mean, they all get big compared to everyone else. They're big dudes. Everyone expects to be this big star, to be the hero or the, you know, this certain performer. But it's like you need, the you know, like the line in Caddyshack, the world needs ditch diggers too, you know? Yeah. Like, and I get that's probably frustrating from a, you know, creative standpoint. You know, look at a guy like, uh, like Damian Sandow when he was in WWF, you know, like a guy who felt like and rightfully so had a lot more talent than what he was given you know it well now he showed up i mean it's typical you know unhappiness in the workplace you know everyone feels that though you know yeah guy guy punching numbers be like oh i should be running this place you know i could do that or yeah i I should have that job you know and and, and sometimes that, that person might have the goods to perform that sometimes they don't but um I think it, the thing is, if it if you they win the crowd over, and or even it's like at work, okay, this guy could do a great job, but no one likes him, so he's not going to get anywhere, you know. Or, yeah, uh, he's not that good of a worker, but but he kisses everyone's ass, so he's gotten the the raises and he got promoted or whatever. And the same thing with with that. I mean, I'm sure there's some behind the scenes stuff we don't know about, but. You know, one guy could say, well, what's he, he sucks. He's a shitty wrestler. And what did he even, you know, because for whatever reason. So, know somebody. we've been, we've been rapping for a little bit. I guess let's get into some more, like, some opinionated conversation, I guess. But this whole thing has been that. But yeah. I guess my question to you has been, or to you now, be more like, um, I guess, as a, a season, as a grizzled ancient in the wrestling yeah. in the wrestling community, um, what do you think is the? Do you think that I, we had, I asked you earlier if the product now is as good as it ever was or whatever? But do you have a favorite era or a favorite storyline or a favorite? The favorite time? era, I think. Um, there's favorite and what I think is the best. Um, I go back and look at the. I have uh, my favorite. Uh, would be when I was growing up and some of the things I remember watching when I was a kid uh, on the weekly show or when, when we you know, were sitting in the bar watching the wrestling and going with my friends to these matches. That's my favorite. But going back and watching um, the wrestling, you know, like on YouTube and such, the, the best work was um, WCW uh, during the... Um, you know the the Monday Night Wars, also like the, the NWO. NWO era. Yeah, and, and before era. the NWO, that whole thing, NWO kind of ended the whole thing. It's like a little early bit. to mid nineties WCW. You go back and look at that stuff. 
and had all the stars over there. The cruiserweights killing it. It was so good um, to me. Uh, it, that's as good as I was ever going to see. Um, you look at the wrestlers they had, you know, um, Flair. They've seen all these other people before Flair or that are stars now like Styles. And you had that kind of, you know, mid-card guys who ended up being really big. You had your Randy Savages. You had your Hogan's. You had everything was good. I, I, I was so <coughs> entertained. And They were, they were able to get, I think that was, WCW had a really good, because they had a lot of older guys who still had a little bit left to give. And Mixed with the younger guys. They had a lot of, yeah, they were, there was a, there was some juice left in those older guys to get out of them, and there was a lot of younger guys that were really pushing the medium forward. Yeah, that cruiserweight stuff. And that was great for. Um, I think that was part of why Nitro was so great on as far as TV ratings, because they were pushing those matches on TV. Oh yeah, there's yeah the cruiserweight matches were like the opening, yeah. like that. That's the stuff you started the night with. And yeah, and that's when Jericho made his big debut, so to speak. And Chris Jericho, favorite uh, in the room right now. I shouldn't say favorite, but he's. One of the top five. We were talking earlier about yeah, him. He's five. a top five. All yeah, time. absolutely. You can go fuck yourself if you don't think so. No, I'm gonna straight up. I say don't that. think you'd have anybody that <laughs> like, would, uh, you know, true wrestling fan would would really argue that at all. I don't think he really can. Um, and, and that's when he, you know, you go back and look at when he first came on <clears throat> in the WCW, and it was gosh darn really good, boy. Dude, you need Flair. All those ones, Do those I? clips are just, uh, amazing. Sorry when Mean Gene was with them and everything. Oh, and, hell yeah. I mean, that, I've never seen any, that's as good as I've ever seen. And hopefully, you know, it'll get back to that point. But I think nowadays it's great just because there's so many different ones to watch and they're all a little bit different. Um, I would argue it's just as good, you know. It, yeah. You can make the same argument for, you know, saying, you know, who's a better quarterback, you know, Brady or Montana or, you know, Favre or, you know, Aikman or yeah. all these different eras of different wrestlers, you know, the, the sport has changed. I would argue talent-wise, you know, if I, had to, if I had to pick a top five all-time wrestlers, I think, I mean, I think four of the five would probably be wrestlers that are wrestling right now, you know, like with like Styles, Lethal, uh, you guys like Okada. Like all those guys, I think are as good as anyone has ever been. Oh yeah, it's just wrestling skill from a technical I mean, skill, but at the yeah. same, does that make them better? You know, it's a no, whole no, no. It's, it's a full performance. It's what you had as far as the it's, it's the package. It's, it's yeah. all subjective. Exactly. Oh, day, absolutely. Like Don, you were saying earlier, and I feel like I fall in line with you on this as well. You value guys on the mic, guys who can talk. Talkers are, and I'm the same way. Yeah. The guys who can talk are way more entertaining. They might not be. Well, you can talk your way out of a poor performance. Yeah, you, you know. Like, oh, if, yeah. You can if if you're a three out of ten wrestler, but a ten out of ten talker, you'll make it in the business. Oh, absolutely. You know, like no one remembers Malenko the way they remembered you know Jericho because yeah. Jericho yeah. could talk. Dean Malenko, one of the greatest in ring performers of yeah, all time, I mean, couldn't talk his way out of a fucking. Yeah. Never. Yeah. I, I never gave him the mic because for a reason. Even Ric Flair, um, you know, probably. In my opinion, maybe the best mic guy there ever was. I love if uh, just anybody listening, if you've never watched, just go and w watch some NWA promos with Ric Flair. It's so fucking funny. Yeah, some of this and, shit and, and, and he was like... a he wasn't an amazing wrestler, but he was a gosh darn good worker in the ring. 
Um, he's like an 8 out of 10 worker in the ring, but like an 11 out of 10 on the Yeah, ring. absolutely. <laughs> and only had a certain moves that he, he did, and he worked those certain moves, uh, and they were very sellable moves. Yeah. Um, it wasn't like a Hulk Hogan who just did a leg drop and some punches, and that was all. He was good on the mic, but he had the one shtick. And being a face, I don't think he cared. You know, he carried over with the little kids and, and take your vitamins and all that, where uh, the heel... Like when it's always more fun to watch. More oh, yeah. is more interesting, and and at the time when Flair was out, like even before that, with the, with the uh, WCW um, NWA, uh, you know, with the Turner on Saturday night. Yeah, yeah. Um, you hated him. You just hated him. That's a Rick Flair again. Fuck Flair. But <laughs> yeah, but in the same instance like dusty Rhodes, i mentioned he was so good on the mic that you just had to keep watching you wanted to hate him you wanted to hate him you hated him you <laughs> wanted to see him oh here's this fucking rick flair again but then you're just mesmerized because he would be so good on the microphone that it made you want to hate him even more i love going yeah. back and watching some of Flair's promos, and you can see like guys like Tony Schiavone is like holding the mic while yeah. Flair is just going. I don't know around. how you could do it. And Schiavone is like, you can if you just watch Schiavone the whole time while Flair is just off the, just mm -hmm. he's just completely. You can tell that none of this is scripted. He's just he's oh go, absolutely he's completely never. gone off the rails and is just screaming. Probably shit. half drunk. Probably drunk. Yeah. Probably on some other drugs or something like that. You know, and yeah, he's just screaming in the microphone, just spitting gold. Just yeah. everything he's saying is awesome. It's like, yeah. it, and it's, it's, and I'm sure most of it wasn't planned out. He might have had an idea, well, I'm going to talk about this, and that was the end of it, and then rant for five minutes. Yeah. And just this amazing piece of commentary. But you watch the guy holding the microphone doing yeah. that, and you like a guy like Shivani or, you know, Mean Gene or something like that, and you watch them just sit there and, like, their facial reactions are like, holy shit, this guy's killing it right mm -hmm. now. Like, yeah. this guy's going insane. Like, this is gold, what he's doing. Yeah. And, like, you can tell, like, the, the guys who are there and have seen all that shit before recognize when, like, greatness is happening. Because, like, some of those great promos of the, the you know, like, I'm, I spent more money on spilt liquor yeah. than you made in a year. That sort of shit, like. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I, if you watch me and Gene on some of this stuff, you know, he, he would he would sell it even more you know he'd be i don't know he'd shake his head oh, no, mean no, no, no. I, well how could you know one of the goat yeah, yeah yeah one of the he, goats with the mic and like yeah. how, how could you say that i don't even know yeah. how you just yeah. him on and, and, just, like, just that that is just the as good as it gets so nowadays i mean you saw the jericho thing yesterday uh or no, today just, you know, from i'm gonna minute. pull that up on youtube before we and, before and leave um, tonight it's so, so you can tell i mean and that's that segment to me it was like a, it was like going back to the old days not copying it but emulating it emulating it and carrying on that tradition jericho's yeah a thousand and, and one holds yeah 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 no that's the kind of stuff that you know whether Jericho was the worst wrestler in the world, he's he, he's a little bit uh, out of shape and, and getting older now. And this day, he was an awesome wrestler, um, but always so creative with the um, with his what he said and his mic work. It was you never know what to expect. He did a lot of cool stuff, you know. Um, uh, yeah, just 
Yeah, the following a guy who a, a good a good talker can save oh, me- mediocre wrestling every absolutely. time. Absolutely, like the the Crusher. You know, they had the big statue of him in Milwaukee, and you know, back if you watch really old films of the Crusher, he was a pretty good wrestler. When I started watching the Crusher, he had a big gut, and yeah. he, and he talked. You know, traditional wrestler body. Yeah. yeah, and in traditional, I mean, big fat gut. Tights all the way up to his tits. And and, and he would be on there. He goes, I just came from the bar, and I yeah, I worked out. I had a keg in each shoulder and a dolly and this and that. And, and people loved him, you know. And he'd go into the, the ring, and, and usually the way the match would work is that there'd be the jobber and the crusher. You watch some of these on there. And and the crusher, he'd come out, and the jobber would would right away go after him and, and poke him in the eyes or something and, and kind of, uh, you know, disable him. Till he got pissed off. Just two, I'm imagining yeah, like... Three stooges. Yeah, fingers, it, I am not lying to you. Poker. So then you kind of get the upper hand on him because the Crusher was more of a, he came from a, a he was a heel to a good, to a good guy. It was like a, um, uh, sorry, I got a virus right now. I keep coughing. Um, it's like uh, Eddie Guerrero's Cheat to Win. You know, and he got over with that. You know, he yeah. was he was literally cheating to win every match. People were like, "Yeah, this is fucking great." <laughs> yeah, I, Go I, you. I, I can buy into that. Yeah, and um, so the crusher would then he would come back and he'd beat the shit out of the guy, and then um, wait for him to get into to talk on. You know, so you're saying yeah. the crusher would just come on and be like, "I'm a big fat piece of shit." And I'm going to fucking cheat to win. And everybody's like, yeah! Uh, he wouldn't cheat to win because it, people loved him because he would always, you know, he, he, he always went against... He was, I just came from the bar. Yeah, and I mean... I left my kids there. There's some really, really good stuff where, um, if you look on uh, YouTube, where there's one where um, the Crusher comes out and saves, I can't remember who it is, but... Mad Dog with Sean and his brother Butcher were wrestling, um, I can't remember who. Uh, it might have been Billy Robinson and somebody else. Don Morocco, maybe. And um, Billy Robinson gets his ass kicked and whatever, and the Crusher comes out. Don Morocco was already knocked out, I think. And um, throws Mad Dog with Sean into the ring post, and Mad Dog's bleeding everywhere. And the Crusher, he's got his suit on, like street clothes are ripped off, and he's just kicking ass. And that's the kind of stuff that, you know, he didn't have to be a good wrestler. It was the performance. <laughs> and and um, and now he was so good, they made a statue of him over in South Milwaukee. Oh, yeah. You know, with the big keg and everything. And um, He had the keg in the statue? Yeah. Oh, fuck the yeah. statue was him holding the keg. And uh, look that up, it's great. <laughs> and... Um, but he's, you know, the wrestler that made Milwaukee famous. That was his shtick because it was like the beer that made Milwaukee famous. Oh, Miller. oh yeah, I suppose. So, yeah. Uh, and that's what they'd say. And, <laughs> and he'd always come out there and he'd be great. Um, you know, the, smoking a cigar and this. And, is he from Wisconsin? Milwaukee, yeah. Okay. Yeah. We had Arn, too, from Wisconsin, right? Arn Anderson. Wasn't he Wisconsin? Um, I thought the, Arn, the Andersons were from Minnesota. I could be wrong. I think... I don't think Arn and um, his brother were actually brothers. He had Ole Anderson. I think he was from Minnesota. Okay. Arn, I'm not sure about. Who's the biggest wrestler name to come from Minnesota? Oh, it wouldn't have been Vern Gagne. Not Brock Lesnar? 
Well, if you want to say Brock Lesnar did, Jesse Ventura. Oh, Ventura might be. Say, um, isn't Ric Flair from Minnesota? Ric Flair. Oh, fuck. He didn't get famous until then. No, like, uh, he had to go down south. No, I think or Ric Flair, I don't know if he was from Minnesota or he trained in Minnesota with... Um, with Vern Gagne. With um, big names dude, listen Minnesota. to the way Flair talks. He's from Minnesota. Yeah, he might have been. Yeah, they have I know that he, up there. Yeah. Well, no. Well, just the way the way that his heart, the way you're talking, yeah. John, you, you hey. Twin City Polak over here. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I, I thought I got rid of some of that when when I moved down here because I I, I find myself talking like a Chicagoan now a little bit more. But <laughs> it might just be people you're on the phone with. Yeah. Yeah. But um, because people it's say, like we don't "Oh, you mouths. must be from you must be from you sound like you come from Chicago," and it's like, "I do." Okay, well, whatever. It sounds like your mouth just moves and then forces all the actual sound is coming out of your nose. That's what it sounds. Oh yeah, it's like. probably because of the nasal. <laughs> nasal it's, it's all of us up here. Yeah, but um, uh, we're closing yeah. in on an hour. Um, I think we can do another hour of this. Yeah, if you want to keep talking about because there's a, there's some stuff we got to talk about. We got to talk about the geek. Well, well, yeah, we can get to all that. Yeah, yeah I mean, we, gotta um, talk about the, well, we can we can carry on if you want to. Yeah, we can keep we going. Need to, we can make we this our second this two part. double episode. Yeah. So this will be the, the second two part. This is a, a, a another milestone. <laughs> another milestone. Well, this was only part one. I mean, uh, as we went, uh, I can carry on with with my. You know, we'll call part two the Wolf Pack. <laughs> there, there was a wolf pack. I mean, and there's there's video uh, to to show that, but um, the part two episode will be the wolf pack. Edition. So it's so so it'll be the the much shittier edition. It'll be the red yeah. version. Are we taking a break then, or are we just moving? We I need to get break. I need to get another drink. We can take yeah. a break, yeah. But uh, so this is the part where we do some sort of shameless uh, asking people to listen, I suppose. Um, Fuckers, listen to this shit. <laughs> yeah, listen to Don. <laughs> Do I gotta come and knock some heads together like a couple coconuts? Come on. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll start social media eventually. I don't know. I, I hate social media. Maybe that's something you could do. I, I don't touch. I have a Facebook. I don't touch it though. I mean, I, could I don't put give a shit. There. Maybe I'll start an email or something at some point. I I just don't care. I would just appreciate those who are listening to subscribe, rate share tell some people about it right now it's kind of it's a it's a slowly growing thing and it is growing and i and i appreciate it and like i i've said in episodes before i'm gonna keep doing this regardless of whether or not other people listen because i like having conversations about weird shit that people that are into that sort of weird shit so i'm i don't i don't care but it's nice to know that other people are interested as well so if you are interested and you are listening like it subscribe it Share it with other people, word of mouth, all that sort of shit. Rate it on whatever app you're listening to it on. I don't really care. Maybe eventually we'll make it more uh, social media-ized or, you know, accessible via some other electronic means. But uh, I guess that's that. Uh, look forward to part two with Don here. We're going to talk about pro wrestling. Um, but I guess any, either one of you guys got anything to sign off for part one? Nope. See you next nope, time. Just uh, see you next time and uh, be looking forward to some more stories. Uh, same uh, wrestling time. Absolutely. Same wrestling the, the, channel. Absolutely. <laughs> we'll just. Uh...